0: time for the Vintage Truth Podcast, with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Exclusive. 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 All right, it's the Vintage Truth Podcast, and we're starting another week, uh, and we're very excited here because the release of my new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy, is releasing this week, and I am so very excited. Excited because I know this is going to be a great tool for you for your Christian life and for your understanding of scripture and what the Bible says about prophecy, what's going to happen in the world, what is happening. There are a lot of people today that say, Oh, you can't know anything. You just, we just kind of, you know, we just hope this and hope that. No, God wants us to know certain things. Now, we can't know everything, we can't know all the timing of everything that's going to happen, but we can have a great idea because, as Paul said, Concerning the rapture in First Thess 4, he did not want the brethren to be uninformed about the future, and God didn't want us to be uninformed either, so he wrote this book called Revelation ended the entire Bible with it, a book of prophecy. So, for the next couple of podcasts, I want to give you just a little sneak preview about some of the things that are contained in this new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Of Bible prophecy and I hope it'll be a great encouragement to you and most importantly I hope you'll go get the book order it on Amazon today go to Barnes & Noble Amazon Christian book distributor wherever you order your books from or get them from please go this week and please tell your friends about it really want this book to get in the hands of as many believers as possible and it's a great tool to give someone who's really just kind of starting off in their prophecy journey because it gives them an intro to this whole world of Bible prophecy. And one of the biggest reasons why this is so important right now is because we are very, very likely living in the last days of the last days. And so prophecy is all the more relevant to where we are now. Now, it's, prophecy doesn't mean that we run around, you know, crazy, announcing the end of the world. And, you know, we just, you know, we sell everything that we have or, or like some people, they just go prep, and just store up for years uh, all this food and stuff, you know. I mean, it's not a bad thing to store up food in case there is a, you know, an outage or some sort of a catastrophe that happens where you are, so that's a good thing. But I'm, I'm just saying in terms of the return of the Lord, we don't have to worry about that because I don't believe we're going to be here. But let me just give you a little bit of a sneak preview about uh, one of the chapters in this new book, Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy. And it's called Exploring Scripture's Unfulfilled Prophecies. In other words, one of the keys to understanding Bible prophecy, opening that door and getting into that world, is to know what's what lies ahead. You know, there are hundreds of prophecies in Scripture that are not yet fulfilled, that will be fulfilled according to Scripture. And one of the great things about the Bible is we know that if all, and when I mean all, what I really mean is all of the Previous prophecies concerning Jesus Christ and Israel have been fulfilled exactly and literally as the Bible portray them, then we have every confidence to believe that all, and what I mean by all is all of the future prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled will come to pass exactly and literally as the Bible has said. See, God still has some unfinished business. He's not done. And when the first century came to a close, Scripture's prophetic story was sort of suddenly interrupted. I mean, there's been this lull in prophetic fulfillment for 2,000 years, basically. Jesus' earthly ministry, his death, his resurrection, and the mysterious and miraculous phenomenon called the church, all those things were prophesied beforehand. And they saw their fulfillment. with the last stroke of Revelation's pen around 95, 96 A.D., Bible prophecy was set on hold. God pressed pause in the prophetic playlist. And he set it aside for a renewal at a predetermined future date. And one of those prophecies that has been fulfilled is the return of Israel to the land. I need to do a whole podcast about that. Have I done something about that yet? I can't remember if I've done that, but I will, okay? So for 2,000 years, we've been waiting expectantly for the next event that would signal the restarting of heaven's prophetic broadcast, a time indicating that the end times countdown has officially begun again. I think that that really has happened, actually, with the rebirth of Israel, but there yet are some other prophecies that will occur that will officially make this thing just like begin to click off the clock. You'll hear the clock ticking kind of thing. The world will rather. So the question for informed Christians, and that's what I I'm sure you are because you're listening to this broadcast, is not whether or not these future prophecies are going to take place, but rather when and how they will occur. So what are some of these future realities? What are some of these pending prophecies? What's in store for the church? and for the rest of humanity. What future history has God already written and documented in his word? What's coming? Will God send revelations, events in motion soon? Now, using the literal interpretive method that I talk about in the book about how to understand Bible prophecy, I give you a whole chapter on how to interpret prophecy using that method. I believe that we can see that there are hundreds of scriptural prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. And of those, I cover about 15 biggies in this chapter. These are sort of the major mountain peaks that are in view on the not too distant horizon. I want to focus in this uh, this week on two of them, okay? Just two of them. One of them is what is referred to as seven years of tribulation and God's wrath on the earth, or or some people just call it the tribulation period, okay? Now, here's something we need to to distinguish here right off the bat. When we talk about the tribulation period, we're not talking about just tribulation in general as a generic term. Because some people say, well, you, you believe in the rapture because you don't want to go through, you know, tribulation or the tribulation. Well, here's the deal. Christians do go through tribulation. Okay, it's, just, it's just the official, quote-unquote, tribulation. That's what we're not going to face, I don't believe. And so Christians are not exempt from, from tribulation or from hard times or from suffering or from persecution or from martyrdom. That's happening all over the world right now. We in America have just been given a pass on this. And by the way, the, uh, out of the top 10 countries right now that are persecuting Christians across the world, top 10 countries, nine of them are Muslim countries. And they just added an 11th country to the list of those who are persecuting Christians. It's kind of like the top 20, you know, in football. Well, guess who's number 11? United States of America. Because experts are realizing that we are beginning to to heat up in the fires of persecution uh, here in America against Christians. It's becoming more and more unpopular to be a Christian, to simply say what the Bible says. And you know what? Sadly, some of the Christians, or so-called Christians, are the ones that are expressing this opposition towards those who believe the Bible. I mean, just, just simply saying what the Bible says about a certain subject or a certain sin or whatever, some Christians will say, "Oh, you're you're hateful. Oh, you're 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 being, you know, repressive against these people or, or against, you know, a certain sin or whatever." So, number 11 now is is the United States of America, and you've seen it. You've seen the fires of persecution begin to heat up. Listen. As far as culture goes, it's not going to get better. Now, we may have seasons of reprieve, but on the whole, it's going to get worse and worse as we lead up towards what I believe is the rapture of the church. But, but watch this. One, one quick more statement about this. Please enjoy the freedoms that we have here in this country because we have amazing freedoms in America, greatest country on the planet. But watch this. Don't rest on those freedoms because the church has expanded and grown and been purified more through persecution than she has through freedom. And I believe that God wants to purify his bride in preparation for his return for her. So don't be surprised if things get hotter here in terms of persecution. Okay? All right, so let's talk about this. Unfulfilled prophecies, the seven years of tribulation and God's wrath on planet Earth. We see this in Revelation chapter 6 through 19. You see, when John penned the supernatural vision given to him by Jesus around 95 AD, okay, into the first century, he could not possibly have understood the implications of such an apocalypse. I mean, these were images and bizarre visions that Christ was giving to him. Now, some people retroactively see some of Revelation's prophecies as having been already fulfilled in the first century. For example, they say that Nero was the Antichrist, and that in 70 AD when Jerusalem fell, that was the, quote-unquote, the abomination of desolation. And yet, I believe that scripture and world history point to the contrary. First, Revelation is a record of future prophetic occurrences, not an historical record of past events. If John is just recounting what has already happened in the first century, okay, then the book of Revelation really loses the vast majority of its prophetic significance. It's just a rehearsing of past events. Secondly, Internal and external evidence points to Revelation being written at the close of the first century, not in the mid-60s, as some people have believed. You see, in order for Revelation to be a future prophecy and for the events of Revelation to have taken place during 70 A.D., they don't have to be written, obviously, before 70 A.D. The problem with that, there are many problems, but one is that in A.D. 65, the church at Laodicea was still recovering from a massive earthquake that occurred in A.D. 60, so they wouldn't have been thinking of themselves at that time as being rich and in need of nothing. Another thing is that had John been arrested by Nero, who was in power from 54 to 68 A.D., he would have likely been killed, as were Peter and Paul, and not banished and exiled to an island, as he actually was under Emperor Domitian, Domitian, in, who ranged from A.D. 81 to 96. Also, the view that Revelation was written later, meaning that it's still prophetic, has not occurred, is that this has been the dominant view for the church for 1900 years, Many, including many of the early church fathers. And um, it's also believed that the church at Smyrna did not even exist in A.D. 65 as well. So, why would it be writing in churches that didn't even exist? That, that, that would make Jesus is not going to rebuke a church that doesn't exist, okay? So <clears throat> that's just one, uh, one evidence. So there's many other uh, things that I include there in the book. But internal and external evidence point to Revelation being written at a later date, at the close of the first century, not in the mid-60s, okay? Now, that's, that's the preterist view, which says, no, these things took place in the first century. And I examine all the other views uh, in the book. Here's another reason. Third, the global catastrophes, and this is perhaps one of the most powerful evidences, the global catastrophes and judgments so graphically described in chapters 6 through 19 of Revelation simply have not happened in the past 2,000 years. I mean, I don't care what history book you look at, from what angle, from what country, from what interpretation, you do not see Revelation 6 through 19 happening. You don't see the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. You don't see 100-pound hailstones coming from the sky, the rivers of the earth, the oceans turning to blood. You don't see a third of the population of the world, up to half population eventually, being killed. You don't see the rise of the Antichrist. You don't see the mark of the beast. You don't see Christians slaughtered. You don't see the abomination of desolation in the temple. You don't see Jews fleeing to the wilderness. You don't see uh, catastrophic events happening in the heavens. You don't see demon locusts rising out of the abyss and tormenting mankind for five months. You just don't see that happening. Now, some people would say, well, you know, These things, like, you know, fourth of the world's population dying by disease and full scale wars and meteors and giant hailstones and fires and earthquakes and sea life being destroyed and demonic creatures and four foul demons killing the third of mankind and godlessness, murder, immorality, sorcery, demon worship, plagues of boils, all these things that Revelation 6 through 19 talk about. They say, well, all these things are, you know, they're just symbolic. Symbolic? Symbolic of what? You see, here's the problem with interpreting Revelation six through nineteen as being merely a bunch of symbols. What do they mean? And and how in the world are you to know that's exactly what these things symbolize? You know that you cannot go through world history or church history, and it's really it would be world history, wouldn't just be church history. Church is not there, so you can't go through the past two thousand years that we've been here on the on the earth, our church history. And look at world history around us, and then look at the book of Revelation and say, "Oh, yeah, that's there. That is, there are those demons. Oh, there's those hundred-pound hailstones. That's what that means. Oh, that's what that means when it says the, the third of mankind was killed by four demons. That that's what that, you know. No, you can't find parallels to that. So unless you look at Revelation and see it as being literally fulfilled, basically what you have is just this guy over here and this guy over here, and oh, there's a guy there in the middle. And they all have different ideas about what these supposed symbols mean in Revelation 6 through19. It just becomes such a unsolvable Rubik's cube, a puzzle with most all of the pieces missing. And what you have left behind is not enough to piece piece together any sort of picture to give you any idea of what in the world Revelation means. And you know what? That's one of the reasons why people have avoided Revelation is because they don't have an interpretive method that helps them understand the likely fulfillment of these prophecies, what it might look like. And unless you follow the same method of interpretation that you use to interpret the Old Testament prophecies about the first coming of Christ, then you will not and cannot come to an accurate understanding of what these other unfulfilled prophecies will be, okay? So in, in Micah chapter five, when it says that that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, we don't know, oh, Bethlehem, hmm, what does that mean? Bethlehem, how many letters in that word? What could that symbolize? Let's see, um, B, I have B, what's, what's that equivalent in the Hebrew? No, you don't do that. Bethlehem means Bethlehem. God didn't write the Bible as, as some sort of you know, enigma code. He didn't write Revelation as, as some sort of uncrackable code. He wrote it so that we could know. So all that to say is that there has never been any time period, short or long, in human history, where the seven-year tribulation period has occurred, okay? So the question is, if these haven't occurred at any point since Revelation, since A.D. 95, in a seven-year span, then these horrific judgments must be yet future, and they await all of those people who refuse Jesus' offer of salvation. Therefore, we are currently still looking forward. I don't mean like looking forward to like, you know, hey, I ho- can't wait. Not that kind of, look. we are looking forward at a future fulfillment of all the prophetic declarations that we see in Revelation chapters 6 through 19. You see, history is God's story. He's telling this story. It's his story to tell. He wrote it, he planned it. It's in his book. If you read a novel, if you read a historical account, you want to know what happens at the end? You turn to the end. That's exactly what happens with the Bible. If you want to know what happens at the end, go to the end of the book. It's There's a, there's a the end at the end. And it doesn't end favorably for those who don't know Jesus Christ. The, those are not my words. It's not my opinion. I don't get to have an opinion in this thing. But God says there's judgment, catastrophe, pain, torture, suffering, both on this earth and in the life to come for those who refuse Jesus' offer of salvation. But let me tell you, here's the good news. The good news is, is that anyone, and I do mean anyone, I don't care who they are, what they've done, what they're into, who they think they are. If that person simply calls on the name of the Lord and accepts Jesus' payment for sin that he made on the cross for them, I guarantee you by the authority of God's word, not mine, that he will forgive their sins, he will change their heart and make them a new person and will seal their destiny. And I personally believe that they will not, I repeat, will not go through the horrible seven-year time known as the tribulation. Now, friends, that's part of the unfulfilled prophecies that are coming. And I have another one I want to share with you. On Friday, So I hope you'll stay tuned and tune in on Friday morning. So I'm going to release this thing. It's going to be awesome. This incredible thing that's going to happen perhaps soon. I'll tell you about it on Friday. God bless. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. Hey friends, don't forget to pick up your copy of Uncovering the Secrets of Bible Prophecy available anywhere books are sold.